Welcome to the Witch of Wall Street. This is the home of wealth and woo, the place where you will feel confident to invest and manifest with your tribe of wealthy witches from around the world. Because let's be honest, the history of women and money is not so encouraging, but I promise you that ends here. I am thrilled you are joining me on this mission where we are breaking down the barriers and beliefs holding women back from becoming financially independent. And together, we're writing a new financial her story. So if you're ready to feel empowered with your money and discover new ways to build wealth with a spicy twist of woo, then you're in the right place. So cozy up. It's time to get your wealthy witch on. We're going to look at stock selection in this episode. How am I actually going to choose which stocks to invest in? So that should be pretty simple, right? Well, with over 40,000 stocks to invest from, actually, it's a pretty complicated answer. And for the majority of investors, for the average investor, it is not a great approach. It's not a very wise approach to be spending your days and your time doing fundamental analysis. Like unless you love all that, for the average person who just wants to put their money to work, let it sit there, do its job for them and move on with their everyday life, there is an easier way. Because here's the thing. Do you really want to be sitting there looking through the financial statements, going online, looking at analyst reports of each individual stock, trying to figure out what is their competitive advantage? How will they respond to the next downturn? What do their competitors look like? What's their board structure? Who's on the board? What decisions are they making? Reading management reports? Where are they taking the company? What are the risks involved? There's so much to it. And me personally, having worked in the area of financial restructuring and turnaround, where I've been on the other side of actually dealing with companies who had poor management or faced a really big downturn and were not prepared and were really, really financially struggling, I can see how important it is to actually really, really, really do your research first before you start investing. So as I said, there's an easier, easier way. And the easier way is found in something called an index fund. So an index fund is basically just a public fund, right? It's not actively managed. There's no managers, like financial managers involved in investing your money for you or taking a a cut out of that. It's literally you invest through a platform into a basket of stocks, for example, and you do pay a charge for the benefit of investing in that stock. So it is something to look out for, but there's no manager actively trading your money taking a cut every time, making like sometimes crazy decisions on your behalf, um, which, you know, we'll discuss again in a later episode that financial advisors and financial fiduciaries are two very different things. So oftentimes, even if you do have a financial advisor, I'm not saying everyone, but there can be a lot of instances, and I've certainly come across them, where they do not have your best interest at heart. And always remember, no one cares as much about your money than you right? So even if you have an advisor right now, side note, do not think I can just sit back and let them do whatever they want to do and they're going to mine my money for me and protect it. No, you need to at the very least be checking in on what the reports are. What are the returns? Where are they investing? Why? How much are you being charged for this? Because the thing is, and again, we're a little bit sidetracked right now, but I do want to share this because it's so important. But the thing is for a financial manager of your money to provide you with better returns than just the market they have to be actively moving your money and investing in different products 
And so even if they manage to beat the market by a couple of percent, the chances are that when you deduct all the fees incurred, you're going to be the same or worse, right? So this is why I'm such a big proponent of index funds. They're super simple, low transaction fees. They are great for people who are a little bit risk adverse because they literally spread out your risk so much. So let's delve into this. So there's a great quote by Ray Dalio. So he's the founder of one of the world's largest hedge funds, right? Amazing, amazing guy. He says, you're not going to beat the market. Competing in the markets is more difficult than winning in the Olympics, right? So like competing in the Olympics, only an infinitesimal percentage, minute percentage, actually succeed. However, unlike winning in the Olympics, most people think they can do it. And this is the thing, this is the challenge, is that because there are such low barriers to entry, especially today, I mean, in, I'm living in London, so all you need to do is get on a tube and you'll see another company popping up saying, hey, like, get your first free trade, you know, invest your money here. And, you, and it's so accessible. There's such low barriers to entry right now. However, even though there's so much opportunity, there's very little empowerment around education and understanding. And if you were like me and have grown up in a normal school, it's likely that you did not get financial education as a young person. Now, unless you were lucky enough to have that within your household and your, your family or your, your guardians, whoever there, gave that to you, then the chances are you grew up into your adulthood not really still understanding that. And that was certainly my case because we're not empowered or educated around money. We're not even empowered or educated around basics like budgeting, money management, um, taking out loans, like interest rates, how to invest, how to manage your money. Like we get none of it. <laughs> I have, an, I have my own belief around, or my own kind of conclusions around why I think we're not empowered with that education, especially early. But the important thing is that you're here and you're actually taking the steps to rectify that and to do something about it. And hopefully you will share this information with other people, that you will share this episode, this podcast with other people that you know to support them as well on their journey. So that is the feedback. That is a quote right from Ray Dalio. So an incredible investor literally saying index funds are the way to go because you know what? Competing in the markets is more difficult than in the Olympics. But unfortunately, most people think they can do it. So as I said, look, an index fund is a public fund. It's not actively managed, which is actually really important. Um, so lower transaction costs, which is key. And so an example would be like the S&P 500. So that holds 500 stocks within the S&P index or the Standard & Poor's index. So that's a US index. For the majority of countries, it doesn't matter where you're actually based, you can still invest in the US S&P 500. So just like if I look at my own portfolio, I of course have exposure to the UK, but also the US and further afield. So regardless of where you are, you can get exposure to, you know, the 500 biggest companies um, within the U.S. that are based in the U.S. And so the FTSE 100 is an equivalent, but it's the top 100 companies in the U.K. So this is an index fund, right? So it's a fund, a collection of multiple different companies. And there's a really cool thing called fractional investing, which basically means you're able to invest in like a fraction of the company, right? So you don't need to go and buy one full share. So the last time I checked, I think Apple was around, I don't know, 130, something like that. Don't hold me to it. 
But instead of you having to put down 130 pounds to buy one share in Apple, you can put in, you know, 50 pounds or 100 pounds into an index fund and get exposure to Apple, to Google, to the top companies like Amazon. Um, you know, the list goes on depending which index fund you choose. So you can get a massive amount of exposure to a wide range, a wide basket of different investment options, which is really, really cool. Uh, so this is something most people do not know. And I think it's a really interesting thing to understand. So when we talk about index funds, there can be a tendency to just think that this is something that's been around for decades and hundreds of years. But actually, index funds are relatively new. And they're new not in the sense of that they're kind of something to be wary of, but they're new in the sense of this was a new invention and something very innovative and something that empowered so many people to actually build wealth in a really simplified way at a really reduced cost way and at a, ver a diversified, risk diversified way as well. So really, really incredible invention um, by a gentleman named John C. Bogle. So he created the first ever index mutual fund. Can you imagine doing that? And he gifted the world really the ability to get exposure to a diversified mix of stocks without excessive fees and without individual risk. So Bogle started the first index investment trust on December 31st, 1975. So not a million years ago. And at the time it was heavily derided by competitors as being un-American to do this. But in the first five years of Bogle's company, it made $17 million, which is pretty, pretty impressive. So, so what is an index fund and how do they work? Well, an index fund is literally just a basket or a collection of different stocks and it's put together, it's compiled to track a specific index or to track a specific financial market index, such as the S&P 500. So an S&P 500 index tracks the S&P 500. Now, there's two really cool things about index funds, which is first, they are completely passive. So there's no one actively moving your money, as I've mentioned, which lowers transaction fees. And I'm going to come back to this because so many people underestimate the importance of that, even a couple of percentage what a difference that can make. So that's really, really important. And secondly, it diversifies your risk, right? Because think about it. If you put all your money into Apple and you think it's such a safe bet. Now, I think Apple, I'm bullish on Apple. I still think it's going to go up over time. But let's just say it doesn't, right? There's completely new innovation. The market's completely transformed and Apple no longer have a place in our world. And the market just completely crashes. You have complete exposure to just that one stock, which means your entire investment can be wiped out which is not a good place to be in. Now, we're using Apple as an example, but substitute that with any company. On the other side, if you're invested in an index fund, it means that even if Apple is in your index fund and it fails, it's simply swapped out with one of the other companies that is in, for example, the top 500, if you're looking at the S&P 500. So it's just swapped out. And so you do not get the same impact of that company going under, of going through a financial crisis in its own right. You are protected. So it's a really cool way to reduce your risk as well. So if you're still questioning whether this is really the best option, I want to share with you something by Warren Buffett. So he is this global investing icon 
And he shared that after his death, the money that is left behind for his wife is to be invested in a low-cost index fund. So even someone with all his knowledge and expertise and experience of investing and making billions in the stock market, his advice for the money left over to his wife is put it in a low-cost index fund. Because him, like so many other billionaire investors, they agree, look, for the average investor who is not making this a full-time job, right, who wants a simplified way to put their money to work, then index funds are just a great solution as a very simplified way to get started, to make really good, consistent returns, to build your long-term wealth in a way that is risk-diverse, that is low on fees, and that is going to support you to achieve your goals in the long term, then index funds really are just the most incredible opportunity. So as I mentioned, look, the reason I harp on about the importance of fees and why having an index fund is a much better option than having a mutual fund, which in the next episode I'm going to talk about, they are similar but very different, right? So do not get caught out between thinking an index fund and a mutual fund are the same. They're certainly not. And the big difference I want to talk about is the impact of fees, right? So as I said, an index fund, it's passive, which means you literally just put your money in an index fund, leave it sit there, continue to add to it, you know, every week, every month, and let it do its work. Let compound interest kick in and win for you. And so a mutual fund obviously incurs different level of fee structures. So I want to highlight the importance of fees in case you're thinking, What's a couple of percentage here and there? Really, what difference does it make? Jack Bogle, so the inventor of index funds, shares how excessive fees can actually completely destroy your return. So I'm going to share that example with you. So let's just assume the stock market's giving a 7% return over 50 years. It's a pretty average number that we go with, although there is much higher returns to be had, of course. So for each dollar goes up to $30 due to the power of compounding. But the average managed fund, like a mutual fund, will charge 2% annually, which reduces your return to only 5%. Now you get $10 versus $30. You put up 100% of the capital, you took 100% of the risk, but you only got 33% of the return. And this is why... I encourage index fund investing versus handing your money over to a financial advisor, for example, in a mutual fund and letting them do the investing for you. Now, I do want to caveat, like, I have friends, obviously, that I studied finance with, that I I worked with when I was in corporate finance, who have gone on to be stockbrokers and financial advisors. I have nothing, I have nothing against financial advisors that actually have the genuine interest of their clients at heart. But like every industry, no matter even how regulated it is, there are so many cowboys and there are so many people that truly don't really care. And so they will take incentives, they will put their clients' money into funds and investments just because they're getting incentives for it. They will put them into investments so because maybe they're getting a higher commission on it. There's so many different reasons that... <laughs> Having your money with an advisor can be good, but also really risky. And I think the big thing is just to say, if you are going down the route of handing your money over to an advisor, uh, just make sure that they really are a fiduciary, meaning that they do actually legally have your best financial interests at heart. 
And assuming that they do, then there are incredible fiduciaries out there that will actually really support with understanding the implications of tax, understanding how to structure your money, especially when you begin to grow your money, grow your wealth, you know, and you're, you're moving into bigger sums of money. You really want to be aware of the tax implications and having your money set up in different structures so that you can grow your wealth efficiently at, without the tax implication. So certain fiduciaries, certain advisors, I know, and I know that they do incredible work and they really do make such an impact for their clients. However, the majority of the stories that I do hear are unfortunately on the other side where this is not the case. And it is, and I will share this story sometime, one of the big motivations for me, it's to really support the average person who isn't equipped with the financial intelligence expertise, the you know suite of advisors around them who didn't grow up with the family to give them this education or with the education through schooling or um, further education, whatever that was. But to support the average person to know that, look, just because you didn't come from that level of financial privilege doesn't mean that you too cannot get started, that you cannot make your money work for you and build your wealth. Like it's available for you too. So I just really want to be aware of that when I say, look, financial advisors and fiduciaries can be amazing, but you have to be very careful who you choose because all too often I hear the stories where it's gone wrong, where their money has been put to use and put into investments that they weren't aware of, that the risk profile was completely off, that they were given bad advice, that they've lost, you know, fortunes because of it. And so they're the stories that make me really cautious and make me want to do this to educate you because at least when you're educated, when you're empowered with this knowledge, you can sit there and have a reasonable conversation with an advisor and you can challenge them, challenge their assumptions, challenge what they're doing with your money. As I say time and time again, no one cares as much about your money as you do. So it's so important that you never give up the driving seat of your money, that you were always in the driving seat. Get the support around you if you need, but never give up that control because at the end of the day, if they have lost, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% of your investment, they've still won. They've still got their commission. They still get their fees and they'll go home to bed and be fine. It's you that has to deal with the consequences. And unfortunately, in most cases, there's no, um, there's no way to come back from that from you. Um, so it's just really important. If you can't tell, I'm kind of passionate about this. So back to saying that, look, index funds are just a really simple, low risk, low cost way to start investing, put your money to use. And even top billionaire investors like Warren Buffett, Ray Dalio suggest this is a great way for regular investors to get involved. So (laughs) I want to share another really cool piece of research, right? So there was a piece of research done by Richard Bauer and Julie Dalquest. Their whole piece of research is about don't do anything, just sit there. So they reviewed over a million market timing strategies between 1926 and 1999. So a million strategies. And they concluded that holding an index fund produced better results than more than 80% of market timing strategies. Now you might be thinking, yeah, but 20% obviously did better. True. But how do you know which strategy is going to work? And so in most cases, actually doing nothing, just sitting there, like literally index and chill (laughs) can be a much better approach for you. 
So for those of you that may still be worried or have this fear about investing in an index fund, like what if it goes down and I just lose my money? I want to share with you something called the Darwinian view of things, right? So a stock market has an upward trend over time because think of it like this. The stock market is literally a reflection of the economy. So all the companies um, within that economy, all the companies that are employing people, providing goods, services, like think about that as a driving force of an economy. So even though companies may go down and they may face challenges and overall the stock market may decline, eventually the stock market has to increase again. Because if it doesn't, it means that the economy as a whole has completely tanked, in which case we have far bigger problems at hand. So because companies become more efficient, more productive, more profitable as the population grows, so we become more innovative and it's all reflected in the stock market. So just think about it that that the stock market, like if you're investing in an index fund like the S&P 500, it's a reflection of not only just the stock market, but of the economy. So we have to expect that over time it does increase. So that said, you know, it doesn't mean that every single company is going to thrive because of course some companies succeed, some companies fail. But the cool thing about holding an index fund is that for the companies that do fail, they're simply replaced with a stronger company and the index fund isn't impacted versus holding that individual stock. You have no recourse at that point. If the company fails, that's it. So another really important reason for holding an index fund. Okay, so with that all being said, the question might be, well, Laura, if it really was as simple as just index and chill, right? Invest in an index fund, sit back, enjoy the compound interest, enjoy just seeing your wealth grow. Like, why don't most people do that? And the answer is human nature. Sometimes what we think, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And this is not the case. Really, oftentimes there are really great opportunities that are amazing, but people's own mindset, beliefs, fears get in the way of them seeing the potential and the opportunity in front of them. And so the truth is, most people do not understand what you are learning here. They do not understand how financial markets work. They do not understand how financial cycles work, how there will be a bear market, a bull market. There's market corrections almost every year. They do not understand some of these really core fundamental principles that you now know. And so the impact of that means that they are making decisions that are not in their best interest or they are making the decision to not even get involved. And so they're missing out completely. Thankfully, you now know different. And so today's show really was about introducing you to the opportunity to invest in an index fund from a stock selection point of view. Now, the next episode, I want to share with you about a mutual fund. As I said, it's kind of like same, same, but different, where they may seem similar, but they're actually very different. And I want you to be very aware of this difference too. So make sure you come back, tune into the next episode. I'll be sharing with you about mutual funds. So as always, I hope you enjoyed this show. Like we would love if you could leave us a review on Apple and share with us what you loved from the show, what it is you want to hear more of, what other topics you want to hear of. And of course, I'll be bringing guests on the show as well. So if there's specific topics that you want to know, let me know in the review. If you watch this on Spotify, make sure that you follow us on Spotify, follow this show and take a screenshot, share it on Instagram and let me know what you loved. 
Let me know what is it that you want to hear more of. What is it that's really going to support you on your journey? And I really look forward to reading those reviews, the feedback, the comments, and sharing them on a future episode as well. If you are ready to take it to the next level, why not check out the link down below in the show notes and download your free investing money book, 37 pages of pure witchy investing magic. And if you're feeling in the giving mood, leave us a review or share this with a bestie and support us in this global mission of creating even more wealthy witches. <laughs>